Do, do, do. Now recording. Yeah, looks like Craig doesn't want to join us this evening, but that's fine. We don't need him anyway. That's a lie. We totally need him. Uh, hello, everybody. This is a, a little bit of a special drop here today. Um, we are doing some different stuff and working on some changes that are upcoming. And one of those changes is an upgrade. Nah, upgrade's not the right word. Uh, we were running a short game that we probably shouldn't have because of timing on Patreon as like extra content for folks. Uh, I say we shouldn't have because we did it right before Halloween and Christmas and we did Alien and Call of Cthulhu as extra content. So it kind of got in the way of things. We want to start that whole project over and we're going to do it a little differently. Uh, I have some others here with me today. Uh, I got Cotton, Jupe, and Oz. And we're going to talk about some of the games that we might want to run for this B-side or this second Patreon game. But we don't... We want you, the patrons and the listeners, to to vote on which of these games you would like to hear us play through. By now, you've if you've been listening for a while, you have had a, a good idea of the way we play games and the stories we like to tell. And... I'm sure whatever game that the others and I are about to pitch, we would be very excited to play in because we all like playing with each other. That sounded completely wrong. I apologize. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame I'm not going to edit this because I'm just going to sound silly. Um, but we're not, we want to put it to the listeners to see what they would be interested in to hear first. So what will you pay us Patreon money to play? That That is kind of where <laughs> I was going. As this is going to be Patreon-only stuff, it's what it what. how can we give back the stories that those of you that support us want to hear? Um, my plan at the moment, just to, to be clear, is this is coming up. Uh, we're recording this well in advance, but this will be released probably the first Monday of 2022 down below in the the details. There's going to be a link to like a Google voting form where you can go and you can select how interested you are to hear in the different pitches that we're about to get into. Those on Patreon are going to have the same thing, but because this is primarily for the patrons, the Patreon voting poll is going to be what decides it. The public voting poll is going to be what serves as a tiebreaker. So if, you know, uh, D&D 5E and D&D 4E are tied with each other on the Patreon poll, depending upon what the general listenership wants, we'll choose between the two of those. And uh, I plan on writing that for like two weeks. And after that's completed, we'll sit down and start doing Session Zero stuff, which will be bonus Patreon content, we will start doing recordings. The first session of whatever the game ends up being will be released on the normal feed so that anybody out there who is um, so anybody out there can get a taste. You know, the first one's always free because we're trying to, trying to generate more interest and support through the Patreon so we can do more and better things. Um, I'm just going to be straight up, that's the main purpose of doing it through the voting and that kind of thing. Um, 
we're also going to, in the new year, as part of our new resolution, is to have more consistent bonus content. Oz and I are going to sit down like once a month, as soon as we nail out the details, and do a campaign diary whenever the main game is. So like right now, it's Vampire. It will not be in character. No, I don't imagine you would. Absolutely not be in character. (laughs) Uh, I imagine that uh, throughout time that will change as um, as Vampire comes, whatever is next after you know the inevitable betrayal and TPK that happens. Um, and I would like to sit down and do some of the the B side campaign diary stuff too, with whatever that ends up being. Um. We talked a bit before we got into this recording. Is there anything else I missed before we get into pitches and ideas? Um, Can you explain how the voting goes? Because I know it's it's not everybody's votes the same, right? Patreon uh, votes uh, are one thing. The server votes are a different thing. Yeah, so let's say we have four things, and Patreon votes will be what decides it because it's primarily to reward them. But Mm -hmm. if Patreon votes are at a tie, then whatever voted higher on the general listenership will, will be what is tie breaking there. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal the method that one of the YouTubers I follow uses where it's a, it's a five, uh, it's a five dot scale where it's all the way on the left is like, Nah, not really. The one to the left of that is like, nah, no thanks. The one in the middle is kind of meh. And the one to the right of the middle is like, yeah, you know, I mean that. And the one on the right is like, oh, hell yeah. And then they are weighted differently. You'll be able to vote on your interest in each of the different games that are proposed. Um, So, like, if you're really interested in hearing Shadowrun, but kind of interested in hearing more Cthulhu, and not really interested in hearing more vampire, like you can vote on all three of those things and they'll all be weighted and counted out as a big, uh, as a big chart that does math and numbers and things. So this way it's not just a simple like yes, no, or anything along those lines. Cool. Go. Cool. Absolutely. All right, who wants to pitch first? Cotton does. <laughs> but that is some... <laughs> I can go if you don't want to. I got volunteered. I'll, I'll, I'll rise the occasion. Okay. Uh, well, I was thinking about capers. Uh, you know my predilection for heights, and this is a game I picked up at Gen Con, uh, because if you bought it, uh, you get something else for free, which appealed to my sense of value. But it looked really cool and had a, a card-based system, no dice. So you don't like roll dice. Instead, you have a deck of cards. And if you flip over like a king, that's good. And if you have a high stat or high number in something, you flip over more cards. You get to pick more, have more options available to you. And like suits matter. Spades are good and clubs are bad. And mechanically, I thought that was interesting. It was uh it seemed to be kind of in the spirit of a heisty game. It's set in the nineteen twenties. It's sort of like people have X Men levels of powers. So you build a character and either and they have that kind of like mid tier power capability that's either supernatural or equipment based, you know, kinda like your Iron Man versus 
I mean, like Cyclops type of deal. You know, same basic ideas, but sometimes different in terms of how it's expressed. And you do stuff. Maybe you're the bad guys. Maybe you're the good guys. But the 20s are awesome. Art Deco is awesome. Heist are awesome. And, uh, you know, it's a different mechanical system than I'm used to without being hyper crunchy. So that's cool. I'd like to give the old the old college try. Pitch. <laughs> Pitch. The editor uh, goes ding. Yeah, the editor. See, that's for the editor. They can search for pitch, and then they know where that ended, which is also <laughs> useful for some reason. Right. No. Except we're not editing this. Well, no. shit. <laughs> it, it'll get leveled. It'll get truncated. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I didn't <laughs> be, expect it to. It'll be leveled. True, we're going to flip it up. We're going to cathartifize it. And uh, and then put it through the spinner, you know, the, with the thromber veins. And all right, I'm going to cool. flip it, slide it back, and reverse it. <laughs> As you should. As I should. God, that's that's a a Missy Elliott reference. Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's, that's what's called in the streets, I guess. That's. Oh shit. Anyway, Oz, since you so graciously. Uh, volunteered me. Um, I have a couple of ideas I can float. Uh, so one thing that has been bandied about because we're no longer shilling blades in the dark is icon. I will Anybody? be happy to explain my shilling of that when you're. Uh, I'm I'm sure you will. Uh, from a narrative perspective, icon does intrigue me. Um, it has the kind of um, God Wushu martial arts action that I like to see people narrate when I'm running a combat, like really get into the, into the weeds with, with what their, their characters are doing and how they're doing it and have the cool ass, uh, cool ass maneuver names, you know, like throw your spirit bombs and shit. One of the moves in the game is called reach heaven through fire. So good. Yes, reach heaven through violence, because you broke up. Uh, sorry, um, I'm in the bedroom, so I can yeah. be louder. Uh, so, and it is a Blades-like system, so I'm going to take that to mean it's easy to learn. I don't know, because for all of his shilling, Bamps never ran Blades in the Dark for me. So it will be an adventure for all of us involved. Um, go ahead. So Icon does something really, I say it's really unique, but it's technically not. Um, it understands, I'll, I'll use D&D as a lot of comparisons, because they're both fantasy-ish games. Um, Icon understands that the skill system is not conducive to combat. Things like athletics checks or acrobatics checks don't really work out really well when you're trying to like grapple a dude or do other things. So it takes the game and it splits it into two halves. There is a narrative side, which very much runs like Force in the Dark or a Blades in the Dark game, where you have your, your 12 skills that you roll D6s for, and uh, you're looking for like 4s and 5s or 6s. <laughs> It has playbooks where you have moves that you can use, and it has uh, different amounts of stress that you can spend to do extra things or strain that is kind of like your narrative hit points. But 
when it's time to like super seriously throw down, it has a tactical grid system map, like straight up throw down the tactical map, put out the minis, and you're into Final Fantasy Tactics styled grid combat. Um, the reason I shill it so much, that's sounded weird to say. Um, the reason I shill it so much is because of the things that it has done to alleviate a lot of the problems that D&D has. For example, say your character concept is a very Conan the Barbarian type, Barbarian type character where you don't wear armor, you're too buff to wear armor. Cool. But in D&D, if you're a fighter, you get screwed if you don't wear armor, unless you're a barbarian or a monk, but that's not necessarily what your character concept might be. An icon, your stats are your stats. You, as a level one fighter analog, your stats will be the same as every other level one fighter. It means you get the same HPs, the same armor, the same movement rate, and all of that kind of stuff, which means that you can very precisely calculate the enemy side of things because you don't need to worry about, oh, well, my fighter rolled really poorly and only has a 12 strength and a 12 constitution, so his HPs are a little bit lower. It's a little bit harder for him to hit, so now i got to adjust the challenge rating of my encounter. Nope, you know exactly what they're going to be throwing and exactly how much damage they're doing. You are Your damage dice is dependent upon your job, like what class you are. So you don't have to worry about going into like a barroom brawl and be like, well, I'm not proficient in unarmed attacks, so I don't want to punch this guy to do one point of damage plus strength mod. I'll use my sword because it does more damage. It's like, well, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense in a barroom brawl. Where an icon, you do, if you do a D8 damage, you do a D8 damage. doesn't matter what you're using. It also lets you fit a lot of your personal flair and flavor into every aspect of your character, which I really like. I don't want okay. to go on too long. I could go on longer, but I, I'm I'm sure you could. Uh, so, like narratively, uh, I can put something together for that. Um, I've been rereading Kill Six Billion Demons. The um, author of Icon Abaddon also writes K6BD. And so that is just sparked all sorts of creativity in the back of the head. So I can come up with something for that. The second thing I have, um, Jupe turned me on to this a while ago. And I happened to pick up the book for it when I was at Gen Con. It is a alternate World War One setting. It's called Never Going Home. And the basics behind it is that this is um, basically the Battle of the Somme opened the gates to hell and has basically shrouded the entire uh, front in this weird miasma. And now people don't actually know how to like get out of it type of thing. They've basically been transported to another world. Um, it is kind of a grimdark game. But the players would be playing as various soldiers uh, doing tasks, and the point behind it is um, survive with your squad as, as long as you can. Eventually, you're going to die or be turned, and it's it's up to you how to handle that. 
So there's some stuff in there that we can do with that as well. And I'll leave Alien out of it because that's a Halloween thing. Yeah, we had talked in back channels about some Alien stuff that was intriguing, but again, is Halloween. Right. That's me. That's those are those are the two ideas that I've got right now. Okay. So that leaves me. Uh first idea is uh set in Shadowrun 5E. Uh and on this one, I want to flip it a little bit. I would like to tell the story of a team of detectives that are trying to solve a case. Um we'll see where that case takes them. Uh, what they do, but what I also like about this idea is I'm sure with these players, with this cast, and knowing how they make characters and play characters, that we will see all of the wonderful cop tropes, the idealistic cop, the insane cop, the cop that's ready to retire, the cop that's on the take. So I, I think we'll have we can have a lot of fun with that side of it. Um, it won't be like uh, super long. Um, I say five sessions, so probably jump that to 10, uh, (laughs) to tell that story (laughs) as we do, as you do. Um, the other idea is call of Cthulhu. I do enjoy call of Cthulhu. Um, this one is a group of people through whatever means are all indebted to a mob boss in the 1920s and they um the bo- the mob boss calls on them to do him a favor and they have to complete the favor because if they don't they're going to be whacked but they may get whacked anyway because it is cthulhu those are my two ideas <laughs> Part of me wants to use executive privilege and not volunteer up an idea, mostly because I'm already running vampire. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can use executive privilege. The B side is usually somebody else because you are running vampire. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, sadly, Super Cookie couldn't be here tonight. She has a thing. I don't know if she was. Uh, what's the word? Uh, willing or able to commit to running something for B-Side, but I trust that uh, wherever she is, she misses us dearly. (laughs) Indeed. After all, we're on time. (laughs) Yeah, not like her dinner, right? Uh, Not like her dinner, yes. It was like an hour and a half late at that point. And the Uh, place that she mentioned that she was going, I had never heard of, so I googled where it was, and I'm like, alright, alright, whatever. So I can't wait to hear that story. Uh, yeah, and a story it will be. Yeah. Cool. So, to run through them real quick is would be Cotton running a 1920s super-powered gangsters-slash-prohibition-era uh, supers game. Oz running some high-fantasy anime-as-fuck fantasy icon game. Oz running uh, No Way Home. Yeah. A depressing World War One uh oops, we broke the world and now all of the external supernatural shit is bad. Yes. Jupiter running a Shadowrun fifth edition uh 
detectives game, which is air quotes short, but we'll see how quickly we can screw that up. Because we always make things longer than they need to be. Or Jupe running a nineteen twenty or a Call of Cthulhu game. Is it 1920s that you were thinking, or are you thinking more modern? It's 1920s. 1920s. Indebted to the mob, you got to do this job for me or else game. Uh, does anybody have anything else before I, I cut this off? I have a question for Jupe's Shadowrun idea. Mm-hmm. I know you hate magic because I'm in a mm-hmm. podcast with you, and of course, I listen. So, mm-hmm. uh, would there be magic? Are you trying mm-hmm. to delete or downplay magic? No, no. no. There would be magic. There's magic. Okay. There would be magic. Okay, just just so our listeners know, if if, if you were going after the magic, because like again, to me, the the perfect game is Shadowrun, less janky, no magic. I just got. I like just, that. The going after magic. Yes, I'm going to round up all the magic users and put them in a camp. Well, nothing wow. ever. I mean, let's just first of all, let's just round them all up. Never leads to like anything good ever. Well, mean, uh, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to put it on the thing out here. If they ever release an official Dragonlance supplement for 5th edition, or 5.5 or whatever it is at that point, I will totally opt into running a Dragonlance evil campaign of Hmm. solving the problem of Kender. (laughs) Of who? Kender? Who who is Kender? Is it like Kender, but for younger people? Well, we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, it it does require a couple of drinks and... uh, a meditation session to come down off the yeah. anger high. Oh, the the other uh, submission I has is we make Oz uh, sign up in looking for group post, and he has to do them, and he has to join the games that we feel are the most torpedoable or or unsalvageable. <laughs> and then he does the opposite of where we think it's going to go. Like if it's just an unsalvageable game, it's his job. Like no, we will finish what we start. Or if it's completely like just just complete dumpster fire. He has to like tough it out or something, <laughs> and he'll report back. <laughs> All right. So, which him. one of you assholes told him about my Twitch channel? <laughs> I didn't tell him anything about it, but I was like, "We've done this," and yeah. Oliver couldn't take any more. Oh, well, I think you did the one. I was going off the unsealy food court, and I'm thinking, yeah. like, man, yeah. this guy is both cynical, available, unseal- yeah. and doesn't let go. This is the perfect. Pitbull for trash. And so, like, that's what it's like. <laughs> you know, enjoy it more is basically what I'm trying to <laughs> communicate. So that's pitch. Hmm. With all of that out of the way, uh, I guess we'll we'll see what the votes have to say. Are Indeed. we allowed to vote, or is it only paid? Well, you're a Patreon. Person. I am, but I'm also a caster. So, are we allowed to vote or no? Well, we can talk about potential vetoing. Oh, uh, veto, veto! I say no, no, no veto. No. You're not allowed to veto. Double my Patreon if I uh, get the veto power. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am bribable, so we'll talk. I know. <laughs> you like those old commercials for like hair loss, where it's like I'm a spokesperson, but also a client. Like I'm a I'm a cast member. But I'm also. a cast member, but also a supporter. I'm a patron, and I'm not above throwing more money at this in order to have veto power. <laughs> I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let, uh, let me wrap this up before we get too crazy. 
too late. <laughs> it's a little crazy, right? But we can't discuss veto powers with. Uh... Oh, I'll get my veto powers. You can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. Links are in the description for various things that are relevant. And uh, I can't wait to see what the results of this are. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. Bye, everybody.